Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about our friends over at Strava Craft Coffee. Got myself a cup of Strava Craft Coffee right now. And guys, Strava Craft Coffee is delicious CBD-infused coffee. So not only do you get the caffeine and delicious coffee that Strava is, you also get that CBD punch. And a lot of people say it helps relieve aches, pains, headaches, migraines, anything that's going on with your body. It can help relieve. And some people even say it gets rid of the coffee jitters. So you can have as much coffee as you want without feeling jittery so you can drink it all throughout the day and here's another one two punch over at strava craft coffee if you use the code dnvr25 you'll get 25 percent off your entire order over at strava craft coffee and then after you use that the first time subscribe to strava craft coffee and you will get 20 percent off on every single order after that and you can also have it where it's delivered straight to you where you don't have to go on their website every couple weeks it'll just send straight to your door at that 20 percent off price so check them out over at stravacoffee.com today to try out their delicious cbd infused coffee and smash that code dnvr25 at checkout all right fellas let's hop into the show DMVR and we are live from Studio A. The A stands for Earmuffs Kids Asshole. <laughs> Talking about John Gruden today and uh, how that impacts this game. Uh, we'll get into that in a second, but first want to give a shout out to MSU Denver, our presenting sponsor of this show, msudenver.edu slash online, where you can go to scope out all they have to offer. 750 total classes, 45 plus online and hybrid programs. Whatever way you are looking to further your education, there is most likely, almost positively, something for you over at MSU Denver. So check them out. And like I always say, MSU Denver students work twice as many hours as students attending any other Colorado institution. So check them out if you're looking to work a full-time job and further your education. And really quick, if you missed our live pod yesterday, it's because we didn't have one. We had technical difficulties, so we couldn't go live. But, Ryan... Mace, it doesn't mean we didn't do a pod. Of course We not. still did a pod, so you can find that pod anywhere you find podcasts. Just search Broncos. We'll be the first one that pops up. If you're typically used to just tuning in to the live pod, that's a way to find us any day, whenever you want, so pull us up. And, of course, my boys, what yes. is up? The Denver Broncos still have a head coach. Yeah, um, it's funny because yesterday maybe that wouldn't have been – um, <laughs> people would have preferred they didn't, but everyone would prefer uh, that the Broncos or really anyone never find themselves in the situation that the uh, Oakland Raiders, oh, 
They feel like the <laughs> Oakland Raiders they right do. now. Now it really uh, does. The Las Vegas Raiders have now found themselves in um, with John Gruden um, just making. I guess it, he didn't make these comments. He, it was uncovered that he's been making disgusting mm-hmm. comments mm-hmm. Um, for a decade. For that's, a decade now. That's the thing. It's not just the one off. And you know, he said last week after the stuff about DeMarie Smith came out that oh, what not in my heart. Blah blah blah. We see a pattern over seven years. Yeah, and someone, it's funny because when it came out, I I forget who it was, but someone tweeted out, like, someone who just casually says these things to other colleagues via email doesn't just say that one time, you know? And I couldn't have agreed more when I read that tweet. Uh, and obviously the facts come out now, and and uh, and the Raiders are without a coach. Um, Zach, before I guess we jump into our opinions on this and what it really means for Sunday, um, why don't you just take us through the kind of timeline of events that have led us to right now? So, Mace, like like you said, last week on Friday, a report came out and an email actually came out that John Gruden had sent in 2011, um, m- making fun of the the appearance of like you said, D. Marie Smith, the NFLPA, uh, and had terrible things in there. And uh, then uh, the Raiders didn't do anything. John Gruden coached on Sunday. After the game, John Gruden uh, talked to the media for the first time about that and played it off as uh, a misunderstanding, a one-off thing. And he said he doesn't have a racist blade in his body, I believe is the exact term he used. Does anyone have blades in their body? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's maybe he was telling the truth. He doesn't have a blade he in his have body, any blades, so how yeah. can it be racist? He obviously mixed his ma- metaphors because like, he's thinking like blade of grass. Yeah. I, right. Racist uh, bone. In right. His yeah. Body. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and uh, off topic, did either of you park on York? Yes. They're giving out tickets, so you might want to go move your car. Oh. I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, it's probably it the street sweeping. Oh no! Uh, 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 can I go? Well, be my guest. <laughs> well, wait, it's only one side of the street, right? I don't know. Lindsay just said, so I just. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I'm I'm like two blocks away, but there's a lot of cars on my side of the street, but there's no cars on the other side of the street. Where you lie, it's just. Okay, yeah, I'm like I'm, I'm like two blocks over, two blocks north. Oh, but still on York? No, I'm not on okay, York. Okay, yeah, it's usually like... <laughs> okay. This is Tuesday, first oh. Tuesday of the month. That's second Tuesday of the I'm month. sorry, but yeah. I don't oh. know what you were getting sick. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> We've lost Zach. We've lost okay. where, where did he leave off on the timeline? He was just getting not past... funny. Yeah, you want to take us through the timeline now, Mace? <laughs> uh, he was just getting past Friday, of course... When right, uh, John Gruden Not it first comes out, and then he had said, "Right, I don't have a racist blade in my body," um, which is a weird thing to say. But like you said, yeah, uh, just he mixed up his metaphors. Yeah, so then he what? goes through the game, coaches the game. The Raiders, uh, you know, they they played poorly. And honestly, as as I went back and rewatched it on kind of on a thirty minute quick watch after on Monday, I thought to myself. That does not look like a team that's playing hard for its coach. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I mean, I, th- I think I didn't, probably I, they knew that the uh, maybe they knew the other shoe was about to drop. There's some indications that the Raiders actually were made aware on an organizational level were made aware of these emails before Monday. These ones that broke on Monday in the New York Times report. That's how it always is. Yes. There's always a cover-up going on. There's always a finger-crossing that, oh, the next thing doesn't come out, and mm-hmm. it ends up just making you look so much worse in the end. Would it at all surprise you, this is a theory suggested by Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, would it all surprise you if the league was going to keep leaking these things until the Raiders did something? Well, and that's what 
it was reported last i, I want to say by albert breer but that's just yeah. a guess basically said they had more yeah and they were waiting for the uh the raiders to act mm -hmm. and basically said the longer it takes you guys to act the more stuff we're going to mm -hmm. keep leaking and that also probably helped the raiders in the leverage of getting mm -hmm. john gruden to resign right yes. um basically saying hey once you resign this will stop although it probably won't um well now there's a question of these all came out from all the emails they took from the washington football team as part of the investigation Sir, there are 650,000 emails that the league has in its possession. And when we see some of the stuff with Bruce Allen, the former WFT president involved, and we were talking about this stuff off camera, so some of the salacious uh, images that were sent in this email chain between Bruce Allen and John Gruden and the guy from Hooters down in Tampa and and uh, Jim McVeigh, who runs the Outback Bowl and, and another executive down there. I mean, I want to I want to know what else was there, especially if you're investigating the Washington football team. So there's a lot of tentacles here. But anyway, in regard to John Gruden, yeah, on Monday that's when we that that's when we are in the public are made aware of his emails over a seven year span that include homophobic, misogynistic, sexist insults as well as topless pictures of washington football team cheerleaders on top of the racial right and racist comments we know we you know there were comments about roger goodell there were comments about uh, there were sexist comments about about female referees who've come and worked in the or officials who've worked on on the field in the nfl the last few years i mean it was just it was vile. it was vile. I mean, and if you read that right away, and I think we got we all probably came to the same conclusions. Like, okay, how does he survive? He can't survive this. You no. can't keep him on. And well, but, I mean, yeah. maybe it wasn't fair of me because the Raiders actually have made a lot of progress in a lot of areas, and they've actually been one of the more diverse and forward-thinking teams. There was part of me that thought, though, like, eh, if anyone were to try to move forward to this, it might be the Raiders. Well, the interesting thing is like. I was watching an interview with Mark Davis. So good Davis. on them for right. doing the right thing. Mark Davis well. has referred to John Gruden as being like a son. And, and also, I, I right. guess I can't give them credit because they allowed him to resign instead of firing him. But yes. there's, you know, probably $70 million on the exactly. line there. there. As Andrew Brandt said on Twitter, there are lawyers involved with this. Mm -hmm. I don't think John Gruden will see every dollar he's owed. I think he'll see a decent amount of it and be paid his parachute to just go away. I don't know if they're going to be able to use this against him, but I do remember a quote from John Gruden. It might have even been at the Senior Bowl about the size of his contract. Mm -hmm. And he said, if it doesn't work out, I won't expect that right, money. I'll resign. So, so we'll see. Yeah, so there you go. So he Ticket or no ticket? No ticket. Let's go. Yes. Hey, all right. <laughs> yes. So... We still That's, talk about John Gruden's we, stupid, eh? Yes. We are we are up to Monday night. Him him resigning. Mark Davis going down to the facility, mm. talking with John Gruden. Gruden being out, and then Rich Basaccia is the interim head coach of the Raiders right now. I mean, the thing is, you mentioned it because the Raiders organization first Hispanic head coach Tom Flores, first African American head coach in the modern era that was Art Shell, first female team president Amy Trask, and now most recently the first openly gay player on a regular season roster in Carl Nassib, their organizational DNA is about inclusivity. Yeah. And this 
And for as much as we very hard of that, yeah. as much as we dunk on the Raiders as an organization because they give us plenty of reasons to, that is one thing that they absolutely deserve yep. a lot of credit for. Yeah. And if you're, I mean, and then on a, just on a football perspective, among all others, could John Gruden go and coach Carl Nassib? How would Hell the no. how would, I mean the the racist comments, the homophobic comments? He he couldn't continue as coach because. That locker room would have absolutely quit on him. May have already quit on well, him. Well, your whole Sunday. organization. I mean, yes. you, you would be down to white males. Well, well yeah. working in your entire organization mm-hmm. and on your team, and that and, I mean, obviously, and a lot of those white males are probably are certainly furious about this too. Yeah, of course, exactly. Yeah. Of course. Um, a couple issues I have just with the whole way that this thing has played out. I don't really know where to start. I guess I'll start with John Gruden's quote unquote apology, which was not that. Um, Another non-pology, right? Saying you want to leave because it's a distraction, really? not because you alienated your players and you disgusted your organization and you know disgraced the NFL. You did it because you didn't want to be a distraction. Problem with that? Like uh, he's helping the Raiders out almost. Right. Also, problem with the the I never meant to hurt anybody. Sign off. It's just so out of touch and tone deaf. Why say that? Why why write those things in the first place? Right. I mean, it. What do you, what's in your heart if this is the kind of language that you're using? Yeah. If your defense is well, I did it in private instead of in public. That's not a very good defense. It's yeah. terrible. It's yeah. terrible because that's it shows who you are. You know, just like the Slavens Elementary School school code of conduct where I went, it was, uh, uh, you know, this you is who like you Ted are Lasso even when no one is watching. You sound like Ted Lasso referring to what I learned on the grounds of Brookhaven Elementary School or whatever. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I have an issue with that. Of course, the big thing that everyone's discussing right now is... How is this the thing that comes out from that from that investigation? Yeah, because there's absolutely no one in the world believes that this is the only, yeah. you know, uh, problematic thing that was uncovered in 650,000 emails, which is about as many unread emails as I currently have. <laughs> um, don't email me. Um, but it, it it it's definitely like. Does this come out if he didn't go after uh, Roger Goodell? Is that why this came out? Because it was personal right. at that point. Right. And he said, you know mm-hmm. what? Screw that guy. Throw him under the bus. Um, and I just wonder, is this the only thing we're going to find out? Or did the NFL try to use this as a distraction technique and it's going to backfire on them because sometimes um, these big organizations think that we're all really dumb. Mm-hmm. We're actually not as dumb as they think we are. And all this did was re-bring this up and put it back in the public eye to where a lot more questions are going to be asked. Yeah, look, hey, hey, look look the other way while we have an organization where sexist behavior is rampant and that we've kind of shoved under the right, rug like, into like, the investigation. Look the other way while we're getting sued by the city of St. Louis and we're trying desperately to keep our emails in, from being subpoenaed yep. in this lawsuit. Right, and even in the story, it it's casually brought up that they're exchanging the the photos of the topless cheerleaders which of course was part of the or uh, the investigation in the first right. place that yeah. they were the terrible things they were forcing the cheerleaders to do so this is uh only just begun i believe mm-hmm. and uh, i think there are some people with a lot of questions that are going to demand answers, and I, I certainly hope so. What do you guys think of the NFL turning the emails over to the Raiders and saying, what are you going to do with it, as opposed to just taking action right away? 
it's it's a i mean they just wanted them to do the hard part you know right. well the league is probably saying look he you wasn't an nfl employee because at the time of most of this because he was working for espn during most of this span so maybe we can't do anything but you guys figure this out it would be clearer if it were a player because then you'd have the nflpa involved but with a coach, it's a little it's a little hazier, and so I think that you know that that's that's what would have come out. And who, I mean, who knows what was next to be released? I mean, would there have been some? Not only John Gruden, but would there have been some emails released that spoke negatively of Mark Davis, for example? Right, potentially. Yeah. And what what's such a bummer about all of that? I mean, there there's so many bummers about this. But the Raiders, like you guys said, have done so much to be inclusive and, mm-hmm. and, and be on the forefront of all of this. But then it also comes out that the Raiders had all of these emails last week uh, and, and, and knew about all of this and let him coach through the game. And it, it's just it's unfortunate, uh, not just for what they did, but also just in, in our uh, in the world now is if it doesn't if it's not on camera, if it's not public then we're not really going to expose it, right? We're not really going to make it a big deal. And the Raiders chose not to make it a big deal until New York Times dropped the bombshell, and then Mark Davis did the right thing. Why can't we just do the right thing when, when we know about it, whether it's individuals, organizations? And so that that is a black eye on the Raiders and Mark Davis. Yep. I mean, this is what – it's like the same story just plays itself right. out over and over In and over. In different ways, yeah. different organizations. I mean, Gruden had his press conference Monday morning. He was asked one question early about about the stuff, and he's like, oh, I just don't want – I want to talk about football. And then goes sure back to talking about the yeah. running backs and uh, linebackers uh, and all the other stuff. You know, that Well, now he's not going to talk about, about anything for the rest of his life to the public. I mean, yeah, there was always this idea that, oh, once the Raiders finally fire him, which, I mean, it, what a failure of a hire. Just mm-hmm. top-to-bottom failure. How many How many playoff wins? Zero. How many playoff appearances? Zero. Super Bowls? Zero. Winning seasons? Zero. Zero. <laughs> oh, man, what a failure. I yeah. mean, if you look at John Gruden's coaching arc, including his time in Tampa Bay, ever since winning the Super Bowl – he coached, of course, three-plus seasons with the Raiders, and he coached six seasons with the Buccaneers. In, the, in, the, in those nine-plus seasons, only two playoff appearances, no playoff wins. Yep. Very mediocre I mean, he since winning it all with Tampa Bay. And as many players have said, you know, Tony Dungy baked the cake, put in the oven, John Gruden basically pulled it out. Right, right. And Keyshawn uh, John. Keyshawn Johnson? Why does that yes. sound weird to me today? Uh, Keyshawn Johnson said it today, yeah. uh, basically saying like he just took what was already built yeah. and kind of changed up the vibe a little bit, which re-energized people, and and that's why we won the Super Bowl. Um, and Keyshawn and Gruden have a history because in the 2003 season, Gruden actually he didn't suspend Keyshawn Johnson; he just deactivated him for the last like the last six games of the season, right? And then that was it because of uh, the run-ins they've had. So there's yeah, there's but what I, yeah. What I was gonna there. say is there was always this idea: once the Raiders finally fire him, he'll just go back to Monday Night Football yeah. and yeah, he'll man. have that cushy gig for the rest of his career. And nope, nope, he's just done. And how about it that the the it, oh it really maybe like all... Liberty will hire him to be their football coach. One day. <laughs> all right. The uh, Liberty that would be an interesting name of a of a like, school to seriously. hire him for that. Um, Baylor. And yeah, have, yeah boy, geez. And how about that, though, that John Gruden, all of this unravels during Monday Night Football? 
pretty mm. crazy. It's the last time he'll be on Monday Night Football. Yep, and I'm sure Mike Tirico feels awkward about defending him just one night before on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, that yeah. was that was weird. Yeah, it was. Um, okay, let's move mm. into, now that we have the timeline established, um, move into what it means moving forward. Um, what? Who's the coach now? Rich Bisaccia. Who? He's their special. Don't spoonerize that name. Yeah. <laughs> He's their special teams coordinator. He's been with them since John Gruden got there, and he coached with John Gruden in Tampa Bay as well. Same role, special teams coordinator. So, that, so ever since 02, when John Gruden's been on the sideline, Bisacci has been there with him. He's also coached with the Chargers and the Cowboys uh, over the years as well. And kind of an interesting trend that we've seen among some teams to turn to the special teams coordinator when they need an interim coach. Oh, absolutely. Broncos know, know all about exactly. that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The whole thought being He did a right. damn good job too. Who? Joe D. Camillo Joe D. on yeah. that Thursday night he, football. He pretty much said that about himself. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. they got what was it, seventeen to six or something yeah, was the final it was like score there? Twenty one thirteen. There were yeah. some dumb penalties. It was just it was a rudderless Russell ship. Okung, that night. I think had a hold that brought back a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. Tough. It wasn't wasn't a good night. First night uh, they ever wore the color rushes. I yeah. believe. Oh, okay. It was all orange versus royal blue. Yeah. yeah, I love it. And the last game the Broncos ever played in San Diego. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a lot of firsts, a lot of lasts. But yes, but that's sort of the the trend. Uh, the trend and the reason why you do that is the special teams coordinator is familiar with the most players on the team because he's got offensive guys, defensive guys on his unit. It's the least disruptive for offense, defense, play calling. Although with the Raiders, of course, John Gruden heavily involved in the play calling there. So you're gonna uh, that that's that that's a thing the Raiders are gonna lose here. Is they're gonna mm-hmm. lo- is they're gonna lose. Uh, John John Gruden's play calling, but uh, Bisaccia been around the block, sixty one years old. Uh, you know, we'll see. I, I can't unless they go on an absolute tear here. I don't see this as a permanent solution, no. especially, frankly, being someone who's so close to John Gruden, going back to the right. Tampa Bay days right. as well. Right. So the Raiders are that's, probably going to want a culture that's to change here. That's the other thing I was thinking is. The, the, the pl- I want to talk about well, – we're going to talk about this in the next segment. But do the players feel good that, like, all of his buddies are still right. around? Right, right. I tend to think – no, let's talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. But before we do, uh, got to tell you about the tailgate coming up this weekend. Oh, yeah. Uh, for 35 bucks, you can come to the DNVR bar, grab a drink, hop on the bus, go to the tailgate, get your pizza and your beer, all you can eat. Kind of all you can drink. Just don't be an idiot. Um, And play games, hang out, then go to the game. Then after the game, you can hop back on the bus, get a ride back to the bar, come hang out for Sunday night football like a lot of people have been doing these last few weeks. And I love that. I don't know why. It's just we finish our post-game show. Everyone's downstairs hanging out, watching Sunday night football. We go mingle around, meet the people. Some people come up here. You, you, You can get the opportunity to come up and watch the show live, which is pretty cool if you come by uh, back on the bus. So. Make sure you check that out. Also, if you just want to go to the tailgate, 25 bucks um, for all of I mentioned at the tailgate without the bus. So it's an awesome deal. And like I've been saying all week and really since we started doing it, I think the best way to get a full day experience out of a Broncos game. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And it's so much fun when the bus gets here and Ryan, we're doing the pod and we see them all roll in. They come upstairs. So absolutely get those tickets. And guys, we got to get to our DraftKings Sportsbook pick 
of the week. And guys, I'll tell you what, this NFL slate this week is so juicy in terms of the spreads. There's so many, and unfortunately, there's a lot that I like in the AFC West, but I'll go one on Thursday night. Mace, I like your Tampa Bay Bucks Right now on DraftKings Sportsbook, they're six and a half. I love that it's under seven. I would mm. still like it if it was under 10. But the fact that it's under seven, I love it. Now, I know the Bucks, playing? the Eagles Philadelphia. in Philadelphia. So it's a Thursday road game, which is tough. It's tough unless you're a really good team playing a not very good team. I mean, any thought to Tom Brady's old body needing the full seven days to recover? Uh, no. Have okay. you heard of the TB12 method? I have, and it's a farce. Yeah. <laughs> Drink a lot not, of water. Not for Tom. It's not a farce for Tom. I think he's doing some other things. So are you, ta- oh, so are you taking the whoa, Eagles? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you saying here? I'm not saying any. I just, <laughs> you know, I don't know, I don't know, so I can't make any accusations. I'm just saying uh, I think there's something else other than drinking a lot of water and eating avocado ice cream. Like Jerry Seinfeld said, you put a big matzo ball out there right now. Well, yeah. You're saying he's taking TB12 pills. Uh, Vic Fangio said the Ravens are a dirty organization and never really had to follow that up. (laughs) Unless they meet in the playoffs. And by the way, if the playoffs started today, Denver would be at Baltimore in the wild card round. Yep. And Lamar Jackson personally... Has more yards this season than the Denver Broncos do on offense. Just insane. I mean, how about that performance from Lamar last night? He's winning. Makes the Broncos defense maybe not look as bad for getting shredded the week before. He's winning with his arm. I mean, this changes everything for them, right? It makes them even harder to defend. I mean, this, this might be the moment where the Ravens pivot from really good team to legitimate threat to win it all as long as Lamar Jackson's your quarterback. First player in NFL history to yeah. have 440 passing yards and 60 rushing yards in a game. Insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh-huh. Insane. Like first player to throw for 400 yards yeah. with over 80% completion yep. percentage. Yep. Just over and over. Yep. What's crazy, though, is it just took them so long. Just let him loose. Like, this is back-to-back right. games. Last week, it's so funny. Is his first ever 300-yard passing game. Then he just goes for 442 <laughs> casually yeah. the next week. Yep. Let him let it fly. Yep. Spread it out. Five wide. Let him go. The 100-yard streak ended. Yes, it, it did. did. It did, and Lamar was asked about it right after, and he said, we got the win. That's all I care about. Yeah, now the 300-yard passing streak is <laughs> right. I wish you would have said that. <laughs> yeah, it's new streak time. Anyways, so you're taking the, the Bucks minus six and a half. Yeah, I don't feel maybe as good as I did because it sounds like you're questioning if Tom's going to be okay. Well, I just don't Tom's, know. Tom's, Tom's over, touchdown should probably be over three and a half. It probably should. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. their secondary isn't very good. So Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, give me the bucks. I feel great about it again. All right. Even though you tried to take me down, I'm 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 loving right. it. Mace, what do you got for All us? All right. You know what? If the Braves can't close it out against the Brewers, this is the last time I'll be able to do it. Is this week? Get Eric Lauer going today, Game Four, for the Milwaukee Brewers, trying to keep the Brewers season alive down at Truist Park in Atlanta. Over under is four and a half strikeouts going against the Braves lineup. As usual, take the over. That's as, as simple yeah. as it gets. As it, simple. It, well, Look, I've got about a 72 – I think I, I went back At and looked. Least, I've got a yeah. 72% percentage on this thing here. Mace, what's going so, on What's going on in baseball? J- just because I know the Dodgers are down. Dodgers are down to their – on the Giants. They're down to their last game, potentially, game four. You've got Houston and the White Sox. Houston up 2 nothing, game four ah, in Chicago. Actually, it's going to be the first game up today. And then Braves trying to close out the Brewers today. In Atlanta, two games to one. The Braves are up in that series as well. And 
yeah, that's where we stand. The Rays have been eliminated. The Red Sox beat them. Uh, actually, great game last night. Red Sox went up 5-0. Rays came storming back. But then, in the ninth inning, you got uh, G-Mang Choi doesn't quite uh, pick up, doesn't quite make the stab on the ball. So you've got an error. And then the result of that after that sacrifice fly, Red Sox win at Fenway Park 6-5, bottom of the ninth walk-off sack fly. So yep. there you go. There you go. Now All you right. know what's going on in the Major League Baseball playoffs. Thank you. Usually it's you guys who give out the long-term bets that we never really get to see if they pay off. <laughs> yeah, I won't thing. forget this one <laughs> after I give it out. Um, I'm giving out, obviously, the Avs season starting tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they are the favorites to win the President's Trophy. They are the favorites to win the Stanley Cup. And for me, for especially the President's Trophy, for me, for that to happen, they're going to have to get a great season out of their brand new goaltender, Darcy Kemper. Mm. And I actually believe that's going to happen, especially because they have such a great defense in front of them. So I'm taking Darcy Kemper to win the Vezina Trophy given to the NHL's best goaltender at plus 1,000. He is the third um, highest ranked player in here. Plus 1,000. I think uh, that he is just awesome i think he's the best goalie that abs have had in a little while here and uh i think he's gonna win that trophy so what you're saying is he's gonna be the matthew stafford of the avalanche yes yes gets traded from a different environment and brings him to another level he's still gotta stay healthy it's always the concern with him right exactly that's what you're kind of betting on here is him to stay healthy but um last year grubauer you know ends up being a finalist and i just i think kemper is such a better goalie than him um I think Grubauer is a beneficiary of just how good the defense is in front of him. There are times where the Avs give up like 20 shots in a game. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of a Remember lot of Remember what he did in the season. bubble when the Coyotes went against the Avs a year and a year plus ago, and he was downright heroic. For two out games there. he yeah. was, two yes. Games. yes. And then they, they finally broke him down and, yeah. and started putting him through. But this is the only reason they were in any game at right. any point right. in that series. I love it. And you get much better odds than doing exactly. I can't I can't but what what's the president's trophy? Was it plus three hundred, plus two thirty or something? That, plus two thirty five. Yeah, I saw that a couple days ago. Wow. Talk about heavy favorites. And just to put that in perspective, the Chiefs coming into this season were the favorites in the NFL to win the Super Bowl at plus five hundred. Mm-hmm. And so the Avs are over double like Well, but that's to just have the best regular season record. Right, right. Okay. Okay. So I don't know what that's the Chiefs fair. would have been for that. I don't think they're going to get it, though, at this point. No, definitely not. That is a bad bet now. Yes, it is. Which makes everyone in Broncos country happy. And speaking of DraftKings Sportsbook, guys, if you get in on DraftKings Sportsbook and bet $1... They'll give you $100 in free bets, which you can use on. You can split it up. You can use it on all three of ours. If you really like Ryan's want to go all in on that and to make some big money, you can do that. You can do whatever you want, including same-game parlays. The same-game parlays are great for Monday night football and for Thursday night football. Or if you just like one game on Sunday, throw a single or same-game parlay on there, and boom, there you go. You're set. So make sure to check out everything they have going on at DraftKings Sportsbook and download the top-rated. DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR to get that $1 to $100 in free bets. All you have to do is use that promo code DNVR when you sign up over at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Also want to talk about Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR 
And, of course, we've got the Good Company Hard Seltzers here at the DNBR Bar. Also plenty of places to find them throughout uh, Colorado and beyond. Of course, we've got the full array of Breck Brews here at the DMVR Bar. They've also got the full array of Breck Brews down at the Farmhouse in Littleton. That's the restaurant they've got at their brewery. It's right off Santa Fe. So you can check that out. If you want to eat in, no problem. They're socially distanced. Good to go. You're going to be comfortable there. But if you're still more comfortable at home, you can order curbside pickup from noon to 8 p.m. from the farmhouse. Call 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m. Use the code DNVR to get $5 off your meal, and they'll bring your order right out to your car. There's some great food. If you can't come to the DNVR bar, if you're down in the southern suburbs, the farmhouse, it's the next best thing. So check that out, of course. And wherever you go in the country, you want to get some Breck brews, check out the Breck Beer Locator on their website. Odds are, because of the great distribution they have, you're not going to be too far from someplace that has some of those delicious Breckenridge brews like we enjoy here at DMVR. All right, guys, let's move on here. And I kind of teased it before the break there. Um, a lot of times I worry about new coach games because a guy gets fired and the the team rallies around the new interim head coach and it has this different vibe and it just everyone kind of gets re-energized i'm a little worried about that this week but as i said before the break i just wonder if it's a little bit awkward that despite the fact that john gruden isn't going to be there all of his buddies still are and you know that's essentially what this coaching staff is is a a conglomeration of john gruden's friends um, and so, and and his kid, his kid is the strength coach, right. Deuce Gruden. Deuce, that's his name. Deuce baby. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what people are saying in the uh, facility right now. Deuce yeah. Gruden. Um, I j- th- there's just something weird about that where I think the players are saying like, "Cool, if he's like that, what are you guys all like?" You know, also, behind closed doors. Also, Ryan, the fact that the organization knew about all of this didn't tell the players, didn't tell the rest of, of the organization. The players probably uh, aren't. It's not as easy to say, yeah, Gruden's gone. Let's all get together because they know that a lot of people in the or-, or some people in the organization knew about this. And like you said, these are his, these are his friends. These are his coaches uh, that he's been with for a long time, just like you talked about mm-hmm. the special teams coach, been with him for a long time. So I don't think there's a rallying cry around this unless it's just with the players themselves. And that could happen. And so that does still scare me. But overall, I think that this will hurt the Raiders more than it will help them for this week. And also, you look, this is a very different thing than just a coach being fired for bad performance on a Sunday night after Mm -hmm. a game or a Monday. This was made for a really awkward Monday, I have to imagine, for all of those players. Still didn't for an hour or so. They didn't know who their next coach was going to be. And then today... It's probably a lot of debriefing just about what's going on, not football stuff. That's what I was going to say. You can't, like, all of a sudden just walk in today and be like, all right, boys, uh, let's get to work. You know what I mean? Like, there has to be a whole meeting. You're going to have to do, like, um, just an opportunity, like, an open floor, I think, is at least what I would do if I was put in the position as the interim head coach is, hey, let's let's just have a conversation here, boys. How are you guys feeling? It might be the best thing if you want to try to pull this team together. You might want to start with that kind of open forum. It's the just, only way. Led Bisacci, by Mark Davis. Led by Mark Davis and Rich Bisacci. Or he's there well, at least. It's it's an organization that's got a little chaos as well because the long because Mark Bedane, who'd been the longtime president, he left over the summer. So in the last four months, you've had Mark Bedane leave. You've had John Gruden uh, resign under pressure because of all this. It's a rudderless ship right now. 
yeah. the Las Vegas Raiders. The person I think who is most important to them having any sort of stability is Derek Carr. Yeah. And I actually mm. think Derek Carr is a good leader. I think so, too. Um, so, for me, maybe he leads the forum. And, you know, everyone is everyone can be questioned. Everyone has to answer. All the coaches thinks all the coaching staff should be in there. But he's the one saying, all right, guys, like, let's just have a conversation here. What do you guys want to talk about? That is how they should do it. And if that's how it's done, then that scares me for the Broncos this week, because that would be the players rallying around each other. Because I don't think the players are going to be rallying around the coaches. But if it's done by Derek Carr and he really takes that. And they should have a players only meeting too, where where they say, hey, this isn't about them anymore. It's about us. And Carr has a lot of motivation to take the bull by the horns here because he's got one more year left on his deal, but all the guarantees are gone. The Raiders could cut him in the off season and have no cap impact. Yep. So, he here's an opportunity here for Derek Carr to really establish what the next several years of his career are going to look like, what his contract value is going to be. And if they let him kind of take control of that, then it would enhance him. And I think, like you said, Zach, I think it would it would scare an opponent if they rally yeah. around him. And he, look, the, the locker room does like him. But yeah. if they rally around him, rally around the other leaders uh, on, on that team, I mean – you know, someone like Carl Nassib is a guy that we've seen, remember, on Hard Knocks with the financial stuff. Yeah, they've, awesome. they've got guys with some leadership qualities yeah. all over the roster. Yeah. Rally around them. Two things about Derek Carr really quick. How crazy is it that he lasted longer than John Gruden? Because the first year of John Gruden came in, and then every offseason after that, we, we talked about, everyone talked about, okay, Gruden's going to go get his man Drew now. Locke. Finally, he's going to get rid of this Derek Carr guy. He kept sniffing around quarterbacks every offseason in the draft process. Yeah. That was the thing. Like, he never gave the impression of someone who was completely happy with his quarterback. But this is also... I mean, John Gruden did this in Tampa as well. He was always looking for something else. I mean, he was... He 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 had Brad Johnson win a Super Bowl, and he's starting to kind of look around the corner. Remember, he tried... He had Jeff Garcini tried to bring in Jake Blummer at the same time. Mm. But then Jake said, no, I'm, I'm just going yeah. to retire. Yeah, he's... Gruden has never been somebody who's been happy with his quarterbacks, even when they've been playing well. He's never even had like a great quarterback though. And that's why we kept thinking like, Oh, you know, quarterback guru. He's the guy who met with all the draft picks. He's totally, we thought he would fall in love at the senior bowl and he didn't, or maybe he did, but he kept just coming back to Derek Carr. It was really weird. The whole, I mean, every move they've made, what's Mm -hmm. the best move they made they traded away Khalil Mack they traded away Amari Cooper they drafted Khalil and Farrell they drafted Alex Leatherwood they drafted like they Max drafted Crosby Colton the f- Miller is that his name yeah Max Crosby yeah. in the fourth round maybe yeah, that's, that's like the looking best good but move. that's like yeah those yeah. are just everyone gets lucky Darren in Waller later. bringing Darren Waller in okay yeah. that's yeah. probably the best move they've made they just the whole thing was a shipwreck from the beginning yep yeah. it, it, it really was and the second thing that was a Raiders pun by the way Wait, say that again. Raiders, shipwreck. Raiders, pirates, oh, hey, pirates, hey, that pirates that all that. I mean, what if Derek Carr just like he just loosens up? He doesn't have John Gruden looking over his shoulder, critiquing everything. Who's their new coordinator? Greg Olson. I mean, I, Carr could go <laughs> off the here. tight end. No. Oh, and different guy, different guy. <laughs> different Greg Olson. Yes. I mean, what if what if Gruden just what if Carr just goes off here? 
He's, well, right. he's already going off right, right now. But so. I do think there's something to be said for when there's a change and someone has new ideas. You know, like this this coordinator has maybe been sitting there thinking, like, why don't we do this more with their car? And yeah. he hasn't had the opportunity to, yeah. to push that And that's that the forward. fear you have this yeah. week if you're the Broncos. It's the that first game. I'd feel more comfortable playing the Raiders Definitely. a week down the line than this one where yeah. it could be a little bit of the unknown, unexpected, the stuff that isn't on film. I will say, I mean, it's pretty stacked against them. We're already at Tuesday here. They're probably not yeah. actually getting back to work until tomorrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're traveling on Friday or Saturday. Yeah. Um, so they're on a really short week to try and like find themselves as a team. It's possible that they come out and play really motivated, and mm-hmm. the Broncos should be preparing for that. There's also a possibility that those guys are looking around at this coaching staff saying, like, you, I don't really trust you guys anymore either. Right. And that's but they're playing for their own motivation. They could, well. yes. Everyone, this, that's, that's the other thing that happens is you still see players play hard because they're playing for their jobs. They're playing for their livelihoods. They're playing for their futures. Well, and the off-script stuff is the scary part yeah. uh, because maybe they do stuff that, that you can't control. And you talked about playing for your future, and this was the second thing I had to say about Derek Carr, guys. And it came out Sunday morning that Derek Carr was not going to negotiate uh, a contract extension with the with the Las Vegas mm-hmm. Raiders until after the season. Was that because he knew that some of this was going to come down? Potentially. But now... He just has all the motivation to do this for himself, do this for his teammates, screw the organization, uh, and maybe he's out after this year, but now he has even more reason just to say, let me go get myself a huge contract from somewhere else after this year. Maybe. I mean, that being said, his passer rating is down, his QBR is down, completion percentage is down, his touchdown interception ratio is worse than it was last year. So he is not he off He still to the- has really good stats, though, right? Yeah, he's... The last two weeks have gone His QBR is 54.5. His passer rating is 92.8. He has a 2-1 to touchdown interception ratio, 8-4. to It did really come down. And his completion percentage is down by by 3.4 percentage points. But how about this? How about he turns it around and does what he did the first three games, and then he's going to say to to other teams, he's going to say, yeah, Mm. it was was John holding me back. Yeah. What? uh, If you're the Broncos... And this offseason rolls around and yeah. doesn't exactly work out yep. with Teddy Bridgewater. And Aaron Rodgers decides to stay in Green Bay. Or goes to Pittsburgh because or, yeah, Aaron and Tomlin are giving each other kind of the googly eyes. That that wasn't that was <laughs> just know. a respect thing. That was, but anyway. That was fun though. It was great. I, I love I, that. I love it. Yeah, it's two guys are gonna have gold jackets that are kinda in that mutual admiration society. You Aaron Rodgers just walks around with this smirk on his face at all times now that yep. I don't even know what yep. to make of it. It makes yep. me slightly uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it's uh. like he knows something that we don't. He's just like, oh, man, you guys think I actually care about this. I'm just out here doing this for fun, and I'm still better than everyone. For all, uh, for all we know, he's already been told that he's getting the Jeopardy job after all this, and he's just saying, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go footloose, fancy-free, have a great year, then I'm going to go provide... Anyways, provide answers to questions. Do you go after Derek Carr? Here's the thing about Derek Carr. He's clearly not a guy that's going to carry you to a Super Bowl, but we've seen that. He is a guy that if put in the right situation, he 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 could get you there. He's and gotten them to the playoffs once. 
Right. That's why he's not a guy that's going to carry you there. Mm-hmm. But, Ryan, how do these stats sound for what the Broncos want to try to do? And, and They need and to stop trying to do that. I hope they do, but I have not seen anything. And maybe George Payton will change that because yeah. there is a new guy on top. But I haven't seen anything to tell me that they're not going to do that. But how does 70% completion, 4,000 yards, and obviously a little bit more with the 17th game, uh, 23 touchdowns and eight interceptions sound for the Broncos' formula? It sounds like what teddy bridgewater is on pace to do this year yeah teddy's on pace for it's a good point yeah he's on he's on pace for what you know 23 touchdowns three picks something like that but if he yeah. does what he's done the past two weeks those numbers are gonna they come are gonna down. regress yes. yeah i don't know it, it, it doesn't sound like enough for me um I'm, 100 passer rating especially QBR because 70 at 35 million dollars a year and that's the question right. is it worth paying elite money for a guy who's on that second tier are you better off just putting your line back into the draft pool and trying to find that guy and at least having that guy be cost Okay, wait, 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 though, wait, though. Because, of course, I want to go after a rookie quarterback and get my guy in the draft. But we're saying the Broncos decide not to go that route. Yeah. They didn't go that route this year, so at least there's a speckle uh, of, of truth to the Broncos not doing that in the future. Aaron Rodgers doesn't work out. Teddy Bridgewater doesn't work out. So then I'm not saying this is plan A, but are you taking this as plan C at that price? No. I don't That's... think – I just think if your goal is to get the organization from here to here, then you do it. And maybe George Payton takes a six-year – you know, I guess he has five years left on his contract. He's like, I'm going to give Derek Carr a three-year, gosh, $95 million deal or Kinda something. Kind of like the Kirk Cousins deal. That was three yeah. years when they gave it to him in 18, three years, $84 million guaranteed. But if you're George Payton, do you look back at that and say, oh, that was the right move? Well, George Payton, and so George Payton says, okay, that'll get us back up to here. And then when I have two years left on my deal, then that's when I make the big strike to go for whoever. And that gets us over the hump. Right. Again, I'm okay if you have a plan. Teddy Bridgewater is supposed to be that right now. He is supposed to be that. So the the thing that i keep coming back to is i still haven't fallen in love with any of these college quarterbacks so it's really hard for me to say like well, fallen just, out of love just go get you know desmond ritter or whatever i think he's like the most exciting one at this point yeah um, what if you could get ritter at say pick or matt corral yeah like what what if you get corral ritter at say coral? pick corral okay. i believe ritter at pick 20 or pick 18 but Mace, I think and that's bring back crazy Br- right and now. and bring back bridgewater for like a two year deal at 20 million he, he's one of the highest rated guys right now mm-hmm. especially with other people falling off he's yeah he's high he's a high rated guy compared to this class but still there's the general consensus is this class is not what it but usually a top is. quarterback's not going to fall to the 20s mm. uh, either way i don't want quarterbacks we've, in the 20s we've seen it like the 2013 draft we saw i think ej manuel went like 16 so if it's a week if it's a weak year i don't want ej manual well no that's but that's a- the point the point being if it's a weak year you're going to see less fewer quarterbacks at the top this is probably going to be a defense heavy draft in the i top think it's 10. got people have just got more desperate though i don't even see that happening i don't want any quarterback unless everyone thinks that they should go in the top five and you go get them in the top five and you're in love with them yes that's what i mean up. like the the like well he could fall to us there's a reason right um so it's an interesting year. I do think over time, this always happens, over time there will be guys who rise up, whether it is Corral uh, or someone else where everyone's saying, this guy, we didn't see it coming, and now he's right. he's that guy. You know, Joe Burrow, 
Yeah. Of course, Corral might be taking the Joe Burrow path here. Yep. And I think if I had to bet on a quarterback going top five right now, it'd be Corral. Yep. Wow. I would wow. too. Um, I mean, he's legit. Yeah. And, and he looks awesome. So he does. Last and, thing I want to talk about here, just because it makes me laugh, um, is our uh, our friend Benjamin Albright last night putting out if Mayock stays around. Don't be surprised to see him go after Dabo this offseason. I hope they do. That's my first thought was, yes, please do this. Some college drama. Please do this. I don't know how the NFL could not learn from what an idiot Urban Meyer looks like right now to go to another guy who's been used to telling everyone what to do, getting everything your way all the time, and really just being like, um, like a dictator. Right. And then sending that guy into the NFL where all of a sudden you're talking to grown men who make more money than you and all of a sudden your shtick doesn't work the way it used They're, to. Here, yeah. Here's what the Raiders would be hoping if they made that move. They'd be hoping for Pete Carroll because Dabo is kind of a fire-up guy like that. Uh, and Pete Carroll successfully made that transition. But like you said, it doesn't happen all that often. It's like that, Pete Carroll and Jimmy Johnson. Endless. Right, exactly. So, and, so, and, well, so Pete that's Carroll had been an NFL assistant, though. Right, right. He'd been a defensive coordinator. He'd been a DB's coach. And he'd been a head coach before he came back to Seattle because he was a head coach with the Jets for a year mm. and with the Patriots for a few years. So It's a little different. He, yeah. Pete Carroll more, was more of a pro coach that in, college in college all along. Now, Jimmy Johnson, that's the one that's kind of the most interesting because he didn't have any pro That was like experience. before Zach and I were alive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's and and he's probably and he is the I think the most successful straight up college to pro coach. So you say, okay, what are coaches who kind of fit that mindset a, a little bit? You say you, you you don't want the emperor, you don't want the dictator. Well, the, you don't have you can get college coaches who don't have that, but they're not as successful. Like the Raiders probably want to make a splash, and Dabo is a splash. But someone like Matt Campbell at Iowa State makes a heck of a lot more sense if you're looking for a college guy. Luke Fickle, at, Luke Fickle at Cincinnati makes a heck of a lot more sense. Mace, you're making too much sense, though. Yes. What did what did uh, Mark Davis do? He won the splash, yeah. so he got John Gruden. And he paid him $10 million a year. I was looking at this last night. I think, like, so Gary Kubiak, who's three three head coaches ago for the Broncos, he was making $5 million a year. Vance was making $4 million a year. And I assume that Vic is making right around that same number. I I, I couldn't find He's it. making more than Vance was. So five? Yeah. So, like, though, even when they were paying two, two coaches at the same time, they were still, still paying less, less than what yeah. the, the Raiders were paying John Gruden for the same results. Yep. Yep, and so that that's why, Mace, I think you're probably right on board yeah. of what college coach you should go for. Mm -hmm. But that's those guys aren't splash hiring a guy hiring a guy from Iowa State. There is, I go with is, the logic again. It's yeah. not it's not the Raider way. David would David Shaw wouldn't be the Raider way then, right? Exactly. No, of course not. No, well, okay. they, want, they want the big splash, the big name. Is Doug Peterson a splash? Too it's too logical. Yeah. He won a Super Bowl. It's <laughs> logical. Mace, I could see that's that. That's why it's logical. I, yes. I could see it. But yeah. it's a splash. But it, I, that's a splash. It is a splash guy's because I think he's probably in... going to be the hottest the hottest yeah. head coach this year. But if you're Doug Kellen Peterson. Kellen Moore is, the, is the, going to be the hottest, I think. Who? You think so? Kellen Moore. Or Brian Dayball. Yeah, but Dayball, something went wrong last year. I don't know what it was. He clearly didn't interview well. And, and, and what about Greg Roman with Lamar Jackson, what he's doing in Baltimore? For some reason, I no one ever wants him either. I mean. But that being said, the Raiders are an interesting job, especially given the resources, new stadium, if you keep Derek Carr. But if I'm Doug Peterson, 
Which job would I rather have? The job? I'd probably rather go to Jacksonville. Oh God! If yeah. that opens up, yeah. yeah. Although it's just—it's a graveyard. I mean, you're literally walking into a graveyard. But you're not staring out. at Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes in your division, and you got the, Trevor, and you have Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. the AFC Ooh. South is there for the Jaguars to grab if they get the right coach. Man, and grab for a long time. I <sighs> hope we're not having this conversation, but a lot of Broncos fans probably do hope we're having this conversation at some point of just how attractive is the Broncos' job compared to all the other open jobs out depends there. on what they do with the ownership but the thing is you're going to be hiring and if you're hiring a new head coach you're going to be hiring them before the new owner and this is why you might have to get unless this season goes really bad if this season's like eight nine nine and eight you might have to wrap your arms around arms around the notion that Vic Fangio is back next year or you start moving quicker on this ownership thing because you realize we're gonna to have to fire our coach we need to have some stability in this organization before we hire a new one mm-hmm. and so you get this ownership thing done Sooner rather than later. That or would, yeah. or this is Joe Ellis and, and getting to say one more one more stamp on the organization. I'm going to hire one last No, he coach. doesn't want that. <laughs> I mean, if you're to go back to Peterson, the name and he's going to be a hot name in the next few months. Mm-hmm. If you're Doug Peterson, why would you come to Denver with the owner with, with not knowing who the owner is going to be? The ownership's really tough. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's not a good conversation to have about how attractive this <laughs> yes. job would be compared to others. Yeah. yeah it's uh, yeah. it's a conversation for another day. Um, but I just hope the Raiders hire Dabo. That would be so great. Maybe you end up getting the Sean McVay, though, uh, uh, of the group. Because Sean McVay was not anyone's top choice, like uh, like outside of Los Angeles. And maybe you end up getting him. You know, yeah. that, that guy that's under the radar. Yeah, I mean, that would probably... I mean, Kellen Moore is the closest Sean McVay but parallel, he, but I he's going to be I think he's the Mike Shanahan. Man. He's the Mike Shanahan. The Kyle, Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Broncos probably could have had him. <laughs> um, anyways, I think we're going to wrap up the live he's not portion. good, Ryan. Just remember, Kyle, Kyle Shanahan, not good. Bad record. It's so hard. It's, it's hard to tell. It's really hard to this tell. This is the second time this has come up in conversation in the last, like, 20 hours. Yeah. That... Kyle Shanahan, for all the buzz about him, he's he, he has, Cliff has one winning record. season. Yep. Cliff yep. has a better record. Yeah, yep. of course, Cliff broke through is breaking through in week three, kind of like or year, year three, three. kind of like Kyle broke through in year three. That being said, with Cliff and Kyler, it seems like this is being built on bedrock. Yeah, like this should last. I love it. And Kyler has taken kind of the old school progression of a quarterback. Right, start off promising up and down pretty good in year two exploding in year three just for what it's worth cliff and kyler was my plan <laughs> yes, it that was. Was, and it's working now and everyone's gonna you know say that's revisionist history oh but at the, when i was saying cliff and kyler no one else was saying cliff and kyler there you I go just want that. except for uh except for the cardinals except for the cardinals will that make you wear a phnx hat on this uh podcast no <laughs> <laughs> maybe i'll have like a um one of those PHNX Cardinal shirts during the Broncos bye week, you know. Yeah. There we go. Uh, but they're no. your second team now, aren't they? They they were my second team before. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Eagles also because of Allie. The birds. Yeah. I just like birds. You like birds. Yeah. Just like birds. All right, that's gonna wrap up the live portion today. We're gonna finish things up on the podcast portion again. If you missed yesterday's show, that's where you got to find it. Anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you want to hear the rest of today's show, that's also a great place to go. We do have one super chat. There we go. Did anyone have access to Shermer's emails by chance? For me and let's wrap up here again catch us on the rest of the uh the show on the podcast side see you guys later all right guys before we move on i want to give a shout out to our friends at solace meds and also a shout out to you if you're listening to this in podcast form 
Uh, smoking hot deals in uh, October over at Solace Meds, including 25% off Dixie Gummies, 25% off Solace Bars, 25% off Solace Sticks, 25% off Mile High Extractions, and more. And the best part about Solace Meds is the super discount. You take those discounts, you combine it with the code DNVR20, you get another additional 20% off the already discounted goods, and then... You get a free Solace Bar or King Cone for mentioning DNVR when you purchase. They always take care of DNVR family over at Solace Med. So check them out at any of their four Colorado locations in Fort Collins, Wheat Ridge, one off of Broadway and one just blocks away from the DNVR bar on East Colfax. It's Solace Meds, S-O-L-A-C-E meds.com. Guys, it's getting a little cold to, to mow the lawn outside now, but you can always use this lawnmower. The Lawnmower 4.0 from <laughs> Manscaped any time of the year. In fact, you can use it in wet conditions. You can use it in dry conditions. You can use it in dark conditions. You can use it in light conditions. You can use it anytime because it is waterproof. It has a wireless charging battery, which makes it last forever. It has an on and off switch. And, of course, you can use it in the shower if you want as well. They've got the best product over best products over at Manscaped, including a new refined body wash. Ladies, you're going to love the scent. Guys, you're going to love it as well. They just keep making great products and expanding their brand. And so check out all they have to offer, including the Performance Package 4.0, which you'll get everything. You'll get the Crop Reviver, the Crop Toner. You'll get the Boxer Performance Briefs. You'll get the Travel Bag. You get it all. And guys, if you use the code DNVR, you'll get 20% off everything you get over at manscaped.com and free shipping. So check them out over at manscaped.com and smash that code DNVR. You know, we opened this podcast, guys, talking about John Gruden and some of the negative comments that he made, some of the vile comments they made. So we've talked about things like inclusion and diversity in organizations. Well, ball, as in ball arena, as in an incredibly large aluminum can manufacturer, Ball has been practicing diversity and inclusion for years, while other major companies just talk about it as a workplace idealism. Their culture of belonging has been noticed by the Human Rights Campaign. They have a corporate equality index score of 100%. So objectively, your background, whatever that may be, will not prevent you from succeeding at Ball. It's just about your hard work and commitment. You are free to be your authentic self. And if you work at Ball, there are lots of groups to join to represent your unique background. If you want to meet people, reach new career heights, get support, etc. Ball supports groups like the Society of Women Engineers and many others. So you can lead in your own space and become unstoppable at Ball. And right now, they're looking for people who have technical and mechanical skills to help manufacture aluminum cans and bottles, which they've been doing for a long time. Ball has been unstoppable is unstoppable if you want to work there and be part of this diverse empowering workforce text golden to 77222 and you'll be linked to open positions you can also go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for golden that's jobs.ball.com and search for golden or text golden to 77222 all right guys let's jump into the comments first one comes in from coach tobin who says i'm just kind of blah about this team watching the games anymore is kind of boring i look around the league and see exciting and fun football I want what Arizona, L.A., and Buffalo have. Are we going to have that? Please say so, guys. Give me hope. And now Justin Herbert is going to do this for at least 10 more years. Ugh. I'm going to still watch, though, and bug you guys with my comments. <laughs> They're my team, and hopefully will be fun again. Love everything you guys got going on up there. I'll hang up and listen. Man, I um, I, I really relate to the, like, the, the thing about it being boring. It's funny because I've talked about this with uh about CU football for a while now where it's just like man you watch a CU football game and then you go watch 
It doesn't even have to be good teams. You just watch like Washington State versus, uh, I don't know, Arizona State, and you're like, wow, this is exciting football. Right. right. And and for whatever reason, um, it's not with the Broncos right now, and it hasn't been for a while. And this is why, you know, when they were in that last coaching cycle, I said, do something exciting. And man, they couldn't have done the op- the yeah, opposite more say, decidedly. Vic didn't get yeah. you fired up. There was nothing about Vic that that got me fired up, except for you know the fact that he had the defensive genius thing tied to him, and yeah. that hasn't played out itself out either. Because dominant, you know, smash mouth defense can be really exciting. That's not what they play. They play bend don't break. When you play bend don't break on defense, and you play punt 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 on offense. It's really tough to watch. So I do think that this next hire almost has to be, you know, last time it was right, zig while the rest of the league zags. (laughs) It's time to zig. It's time to zig. I think they have that figured out. You need some sizzle here. You really do. And you need something that's going to show that. It's time to zag. Yeah, it's time to zag when everybody zigs or zig when everybody zags. No, it's time to zag while everyone's zagging. It's the time to do the same (laughs) thing. Now, yeah, everyone's looking for offense, and you probably need to do the same thing here to try to get it in a more dynamic direction because when the Broncos have been bad the last couple of years, it's been at the worst intersection possible bad and boring. Mm -hmm. You can be bad, but be dynamic and interesting. Yep. I mean, the, the Cardinals were bad Kyler's first year, right? Yep. But they weren't boring. No, they were fun to watch. Yeah. And and when you're bad and boring, it's the worst combination. And for most of Sunday, they were bad and boring. And the last two Sundays. terrible game, yes. And that's why people are freaking out. You know, I had a tweet, and I, I haven't had a chance to respond to it yet. I was like, why is everyone freaking out? We expected 3-2. and two. A lot of people expected 3-2. and two. And it's, it's the way it's looked the last two weeks. If they lost on a game-winning field goal to Justin Tucker and turned around and maybe had a bad break, a fumbled punt against Pittsburgh that cost them the game or something, people would be saying, okay, get those things ironed out and we're back on track. It's felt the, it's felt the same way that it's felt for years now, these last two weeks, and it has been boring, like objectively boring to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not what sports are about. Uh, you know, everyone's here because sports are fun to watch, and they, they are – the Broncos need to find a way to be fun again, and it mostly comes back to quarterback, but it also comes back to philosophy. Make Get an exciting philosophy back in Denver. That's what everyone wants. Bad and boring is how you end your sellout streak. Now, that would take a long time for that to happen in Denver, but that shows you it's the worst combination you can have. Would you be excited? Did you see the tweet that I put yeah, out sorry. of the, the roller coaster? No. I said, like, experiencing the most prolific offensive era in NFL history while watching yeah. the Broncos every Sunday, and it's this guy who's on a roller coaster just completely straight-faced. <laughs> just not having fun yeah, at all. Yeah, just not having any Would you be excited about a dual-threat type of quarterback with, say, Greg Roman coming over from Baltimore? Of course. Yeah, absolutely. So would somebody, like, would long-term picking a Desmond Ritter and hiring Greg Roman, would that, that be the kind of thing that you think – could bring some excitement, some juice back. I think it absolutely would. Yeah. Again, I don't know if he's the guy. I haven't had enough time to yeah. watch him yet. Um, but even like Jaden Daniels yeah. uh, as a flyer. Carson with that, Strong. Like, again, I, it's not what I want, but it would at least bring some excitement. Right. 
Yeah, it definitely would. Man, we're going to have a lot of time to talk about this potentially. Mm. Next one from Windy City Bronco. He says, we haven't talked about bigotry in the NFL in a while, but Gruden's commentary makes me feel like it's time to bring it up again. I'm glad that Gruden resigned, but is it worth remembering that his bigotry was allowed to persist without much consequence for years? He coached two NFL teams, was a major NFL media figure. He's now a very rich man. In the meantime, Kaepernick is the one that gets run out of the league. What particularly grossed me out was hearing some Denver radio hosts downplaying Gruden's original comments during Sunday's pregame. They refused to call the comments racist. They talked up how some of Gruden's black players forgave him without pointing out the obvious power imbalance for those players. Players are going to be inclined to make this about Gruden, but this isn't an, or people are going to be inclined to make this about Gruden, but this is an NFL problem. I think it's an America problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you really look deep enough into it. Um, but, you know, the NFL, there's a lot of power dynamics that exist, and it's run by a bunch of rich white men, which, again, is also what our country is run by. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's definitely a problem, and it's something that we, you know, just as a society, I think, have to look into deeper. The thing about Gruden, I will say, is, is it doesn't, like – I don't know how to explain this. It doesn't sound like everyone knew this about him. Whereas like some of these owners who have been pushed out, people have been sweeping things under the rug for them for years. Mm -hmm. You know, the guy in Carolina who was just an absolute sicko was being protected because of who he was. The people that um, Gruden was, was exposing this part of himself to was, were other powerful people not necessarily good old boys club exactly and they were his friends who weren't going to put that out because they thought it was normal yes they were also they're just like exactly so it's a little bit different but it does it's a huge problem um the the fact that people you know were were kind of defending that and just saying oh this is just a one-off thing um i thought was mm, for lack of a better term ignorant definitely um and now the truth is out. And, and again, I think it's totally true that the NFL needs to look inward on how that they can be better. But you mentioned the term good old boys club. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a long time before that ever changes. It's one of the reasons why I've always been a proponent of Brittany Bullen becoming a, an owner of the Broncos, because having a young woman in a position of power in the, in the NFL is, is something that I think would be really powerful. Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to end up working out for reasons beyond her being a young woman, I believe. Um, But it's something that is going to be really tough to get rid of when the NFL is the way it is, a league run by a bunch of rich white guys. Yeah, and that's where, I mean, money is is the ultimate factor in this. But, uh, I mean, it it would be nice if, uh, you know, if there was somebody who – look different came from a different background than the typical nfl owner if that's the way this goes for the broncos and And robert smith is one of those robert smith and you remember when the name when jay-z's name was floating around yes a couple weeks ago yeah i mean if he could get the capital together get the group together why not yeah absolutely yeah yeah and the question is are the nfl owners going to allow someone that's not like them to get into their club yep yep they better I hope they would. Yeah. I re- really hope they would. Next one from TK Freeze says, What's up, guys? I'm sorry. I'm always trying to not be that fan and so negative, but I'm sick of watching bad coaching. I'm sick of watching game plans. I believe this community could do or could be better. 
Um, I'm sick of watching mediocre quarterback after mediocre quarterback and Band-Aid after Band-Aid. I'm sick of best-case scenario being barely making the playoffs. I'm sick of other teams in our division getting their guy. I'm sick of watching so many young, talented quarterbacks in the NFL when the Broncos haven't had a young, talented, all-pro quarterback in 30 damn years. I'm sick of being a fan. I'm sick of this. I'm sorry, but I'm just sick of it. Sick of being a Broncos fan with no accountability from the top. I love you, DNVR, but what can can we as fans do now? How can we make it better? We need change, and we need it fast. So I don't think this is like one of those things that the fans have to stand. Like, you know, you could maybe make that case for the Rockies, right? The Rockies yeah. uh, are a team that's okay with the status quo, or at least that's the way it feels. Um, and you can say, like, the fans need to demand better from the organization. To me, this is not a lack of trying from the organization. This is um, trying and failing. And I know it feels like this has been forever. <laughs> it's been six years. Six years of the Broncos trying and failing at fixing their issues. For me, you know, that's uh, a small, that's what, 20% of my life. Uh, for 80% of my life, or at least probably 70% of my life, the Broncos have been a dominant <laughs> franchise. For other people, you know, it's different. But you, you look at the Browns. Well, look at, uh, you know, Lions. The, the Lions. Yeah. Look at some of these other places who never get it right. So to me, this isn't a problem of, oh, the Broncos are a organization that are just sitting back and, and uh, are okay with this. To me, it's they have to keep trying. And, all of this, is, the good news for the Broncos is it's becoming less about luck in terms of finding good quarterbacks. More quarterbacks are hitting. That's why you're looking around the league and saying, wow, Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, uh, you know, at the time, Deshaun Watson. It's not that, you know, um, that those teams are just better at scouting the Broncos. It's that those teams are taking their chances and there, and there are more good quarterbacks now. And the NFL is adapting to the college way of playing, which is making it easier. So the Broncos need to try is what it comes down to. And that's the one thing they haven't tried yet is big investment, go all the way up and get your guy. And I think that's what needs to happen. Well, and Ryan, when you talk about potentially striking against the Rockies, that's to send a message to Monfort and to the ownership. There's no message to be sent to the to the Broncos ownership now because we know it's going to be changed in a couple of months. Joe Ellis has told us that, and it's likely going to be outside of the Bolin family. So that's the only thing that could, that fans could do, and uh, it would never work with the Montforts in Colorado because it's too fun to go to Rockies games. People aren't going to do that, and people aren't going to not go to Broncos games. But you don't need to worry about that because that ownership is going to change, and that could change everything. Yeah. But the funny thing, we talk about trading up for a quarterback and – you know, you did have Justin Fields there available, and that's why. And I get, I get people's frustration. Right. There's nothing the fans can do to right. demand right. the Broncos right. take Justin Fields the next time <laughs> right. they get him. Right, but it's it's just interesting. Like you look back at uh, when the Broncos have gone quarterback, they went quarterback in 2016, and they got Paxton Lynch. Now, if the Cowboys it's a half-assed had, effort though, yeah, if the Cowboys had succeeded in trading and getting Paxton Lynch, the Broncos might have gotten Dak Prescott, but it didn't work that way. But 2017 proved to be the year of Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. And then Trubisky was the dud in the game of mystery day. 2018, Broncos sit there with a top five pick. They don't go quarterback. Yep. And then they pick in 2019. They seem to they seem to have this habit of picking quarterbacks at the wrong moment. 
And and I'm very afraid of that being this year's. Yes, well. and that's the one thing that concerns you with this quarterback class not being for 2022, not looking as robust as 2021 when you had Mac Jones and Justin Fields sitting there at nine and you went in a different direction. It's kind of uh, I'm kind of starting to become of the belief, especially because again the hit rate is going up on quarterbacks, or at least that's what it feels like. Just draft one in the first round every year until you have until one. Until you have one. I Ab- would. Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially if you're not trading up multiple pick, like picks for him. Yeah. They, that's, and, why, and, that's why Justin Fields was perfect. Yes. Or Mac Jones, because you didn't have to mortgage the future. If he didn't work out, he didn't work out. And honestly, they you know, you know pretty quick now. Now, Josh Allen is the outlier here where you could have questioned whether or not he was going to make it in this league in year two. Most of these guys you can tell pretty much in year one. Yep. Are they ready? Yep. Um, like Josh Allen did show a lot of promise in the year. Like when, I remember when remember when the Broncos went to Buffalo in 2019. Yep. I mean, Allen Brandon Allen baby. You you knew that Allen was going by then. You knew that they were going someplace with yep. him. Yep. But but the point is, you knew that Paxton Lynch wasn't the guy. Yes. So why did you try to convince yourself into silly, having him go silly, into silly. a quarterback competition the next year with Trevor Simeon? As soon as you thought. He should be in a competition with Trevor Simeon. That's when you should have realized, let's draft another one. Ask your, yep. ask your Cardinals about that because they picked Josh yes. Rosen in 18, and they knew he wasn't the guy, and so they turned around and got Kyler in 2019. Yep. 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 And that's the type of approach that I think the Broncos need to have. And if that means drafting you know, the next Paxton Lynch this year and then drafting the next uh, you know, Kyler Murray next year, fine. Do it. You know Start what, drafting You him. know what everyone hopes it's not is doing what they've been doing and throwing $18 million at Case Keenum in a, in a fourth-round pick for uh, um, for Joe, Joe Flacco and going down that route. And on this past Thursday night game when Geno Smith came in and started lighting it up, I had a good friend text me and he said, Geno Smith doing his Broncos audition right now. And I said, no, that God is not forbid. funny. Don't say that. God <laughs> forbid. But you, you know, you mentioned, and, you know, and Teddy Bridgewater was a six-round pick that you trade for him. Now, yeah. Bridgewater, I think, is the best of these quarterbacks that the Broncos have brought in. I think he's better than Flacco. He's better than Keenum. This doesn't mean that you're building around him long term. Doesn't mean he's elite. It's time. Yeah, it's it's crazy yeah. that the Broncos legitimately just haven't tried since Paxton. They got burned, and that burn's sticking with them. And and we, uh, I actually had Dre. I've mentioned this before, but I wasn't a big Josh Allen guy. There was a lot of people who weren't big on Josh Allen, but I did tell Dre, you should do a film room about how Josh Allen is not Paxton Lynch, because I think that's really important message to get out there. And he did this whole thing on the differences, because, you know, you look at Josh Allen and you look at uh, Justin Herbert. And if you put all, you know, both of those guys next to Paxton Lynch, you'd say, man, I, this might, you know, he might be one of those guys, big, athletic, yep. huge arm. Yep. So I wanted to say, like, don't let the last mistake you made preclude you from going down yep. that road again, because big, don't let athletic, huge arm can work in the NFL. It can. And both of those teams are, are reaping the benefits of that. We knew John Elway always liked Justin Herbert. Another one that I didn't particularly like. Maybe I'm letting Paxton Lynch cloud my views of these guys. Um, But, you know, the Broncos got burned by Paxton Lynch and have let him continue to burn them by being scared to go back and and do it again. Yep, exactly. And it's really just John Elway we're talking about, and and he's out of here. And that's the hope that George Payton has obviously no memory of that. And also... 
just won't do what he did this year and pass up on an opportunity when one is there. All right, we've got time for about one more before we have to uh, vacate the studio here. So let's go to Chicago Bronco again. It says, you have a good point about Murray and Herbert not necessarily stepping into stellar positions. I didn't get my point across well. The gist of what I was trying to say is I've lost all faith in being a QB away as the Broncos keep this coaching staff. Maybe you hit the lottery and a guy's able to step in as a rookie and put the entire team on his back despite a terrible scheme. That's a lot of ass to have a young guy getting acclimated in the NFL. I think it's a lot more likely this staff ends up limiting the development of any talented draft pick. Unless we get Rodgers, I think this team is more of a coaching staff away than competing uh, than a quarterback away, though I really hope I'm wrong. I think they're both. Yeah, A quarterback, though in my opinion, does more than, than a coaching staff. Um, oh. Now, a coaching staff can absolutely hold the quarterback back in terms of a Super Bowl guy makes him a playoff guy, playoff guy makes him just an average Joe, and average Joe makes him bad. But if you're giving me one or the other, I'm taking quarterback. But Chicago Bronco, I know, what you're, I, I know where you're coming from, and, and I know why you feel that way. What I'll say is find me a coach who succeeded without a quarterback. You won't Bill find Belichick's it. trying right now, and even if he succeeds right now, it's probably because because Mac Jones. Because they is got it right on right. Mac they're, Jones. They're right. got, the coaches have succeeded without quarter without having Hall of Fame caliber quarterbacks. They're Gold Jacket guys. They're Bill Parcells. They're Joe Gibbs. But it, were they able to sustain it long term right. without a quarterback? Well, Joe Gibbs was in Washington twelve years, and he went and he got good individual seasons out of like a Joe Theismann. Jay Schrader, Doug Williams, a Mark Rippon. He was there for twelve years, and I believe he only had one losing season and won three Super Bowls. I mean, but Joe, but Joe Gibbs is a unicorn of totally. a coach. Mike Shanahan's being put into the Ring of Fame officially this weekend, and a lot of people, including myself and you guys, believe he should be a Hall of Famer. Isn't he kind of a perfect example of this? He's yes. a fantastic coach. Mm-hmm. Look what he did with John Elway. Incredible. So much success. Look what he did without John Elway. Still some winning seasons. Made an AFC Championship game. A lot of success in individual seasons. Rode a ride right around 8-8 eight and eight for a while. But if you don't have a quarterback... Even with a great coach, a Hall of Fame coach, it's it's really really tough. Yeah, that's Andy what's keeping Reed. him out of the Hall of Fame right now. Andy Reid, yeah, is the fact that after those first four years, when when you're going through Brian Greasy, Jake Plummer, Jay Cutler, it should be a testament to him though, that, that they were still competitive. I agree, yeah, but that's but, not how it's seen. But you look at Andy Reid, great coach, right? Never able to get over the hump until he got a unicorn in Patrick Mahomes. It's mm-hmm. it's it all comes down to quarterback. If Vic Fangio had a great quarterback. He would look great, too. Now, there is absolutely a case you can make where right quarterback, wrong system has happened before. But a lot of times, the quarterback can overcome those things and make and force the coaches to build around them because they know that that's how they're going to have their job. You know who knows this more than anyone is head coaches. Yes. And they, they know. Just get get me a quarterback. That's that's what I need. Yeah. If, I mean, we had, a, we had a conversation <laughs> with an NFL head coach one time, Zach and I did, yeah. uh, in which he basically said, like, well, if we don't get a quarterback, I'm going to be out of a job suit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember, yep. I remember John Fox, he would kind of occasionally, when he would talk with media in Carolina, you know, had Jake DeLone playing well, but occasionally Foxy would kind of say, yeah, you really need to really go all the way. You need one of those guys. And what he was talking about was like a Peyton Manning type of guy. What's really funny? And then and he got Peyton Manning, and then still couldn't do it. Still couldn't because he close wanted the to deal. take a knee because he was used to having Jake Delhomme oh as his quarterback. Because he decided not to work with crowd noise. 
And how about Bruce Arians kind of taking the opposite approach, saying, if I can win with Jameis Winston, I can win with anyone. And then he locks into Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> and so he looks. He didn't win with Jameis Winston. Though. They went 7-9. to nine. Do you think that. Isn't that what he said, though? If, if yeah. I can do this with that guy, yeah. I can Did do it with Did we ever anyone. talk about Tom Brady's comment where he uh, was talking about uh, when he hit free agency? And he said, quote, he talked to a team about potentially yeah. going there, and they said, we're sticking with that guy. Yeah. And he said, you're going with that effing guy? <laughs> yeah. Do you think there's any chance that, that was Drew Locke? Oh, man. Okay. I've thought about that because haven't, it's been ruled out that it was the Bears, right? Because there were, weren't there a rumbling that he was talking about Trubisky and the Bears? Okay, was that, that was ruled out. I believe that was ruled out. Because that would be a candidate. Yeah. Oh, uh, who what else? if it was? I mean, it would be weird for him to say that about Drew after going 4-1 and one as a the, rookie. The Titans, maybe, with Tannehill? Yeah, <laughs> could be. Mike Look Rabel how dumb everyone, everyone looks so dumb, including me, because I didn't want him either. Um, I, I feel great about this. Let's keep talking about it. I love this conversation. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but, like, at least I have most of the NFL on my side here. Yeah, yeah. Everyone thought, man, you're going to have to sign him to a three-year deal. He might have one year left. Yep. Yep. And, and my that was my thing is he might have a, a year left, but are the Broncos in a position to win a Super Bowl right now? I didn't think so. Right. So it, it's. But see, Ryan, this, you're yeah. learning from this because I think you'll still be open for Aaron Rodgers next year, even though he's older yep. and he's not having as good of a year this year as he did last year. You'll, you, you, you're, you're, you're learning. What yeah. if Tom Brady next year decided I want to go to a new team? <laughs> Bring him here. Bring him here. Five year deal. I'd be so mad at him. <laughs> what if he was just like, I want to see, I want to be the first uh, player to right, win a uh, right. Super Bowl with three teams. Right. Peyton's yeah. done two. I'm going to do three. I don't yep. know. He seems to like Tampa too much. Yeah. He, and I don't, and I, warm I, I, weather. Yeah. I don't think his wife wants to leave warm weather. Okay. Either. Miami. Go to even a little bit warmer weather. Go closer well, to uh, South Beach. No. <laughs> but no, I, I do think, though, that all this does make you think, all right, Aaron Rodgers could actually be a five-year solution. Mm, but it, how much of a difference is there between the TB12 yeah. method and the Aaron Rodgers Hawaii for the entire off-season method? <laughs> Big difference. Isn't, doesn't Hawaii have the uh, longest average lifespan for people? Wow. Wouldn't be surprised, but yeah. yeah. So there you go. Maybe there's something to being in Hawaii. <laughs> All right. Well, one thing that you could do to make uh, your prime last longer is go down to Green Mountain Dental mm, Group. Very good. They're going to hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. And they're going to take care of you while you're there, of course, if you need any work done. Uh, they are the place to go. They're the best family-owned dentist group in the metro area, just 15 minutes outside of downtown Denver. So hit up Green Mountain Dental Group and tell them we sent you. They're part of our family. They'll make you a part of their family. Green Mountain Dental Group. But for today, that's going to wrap it up for us on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Thanks, to everyone, who tuned in. Some really great discussions today, I thought. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Flying cotton